Hello, patrons. Hi. And people who just waited to hear three months, or waited three months to hear this without paying for it. What's up? We like you too, I guess. Just not as much. <laughs> nudge, nudge. Because you don't pay us. We, we, we like the people that pay us to hear these early, but... The rest of you, you're welcome. Yeah. This is Cracker Classics, 80s edition. We uh, do the same thing we do on our normal thing, but just with an 80s movie. And find there's usually more cringe in the 80s? Uh, yeah. It's a different flavor of cringe, it seems. Well, that's fair. It, 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 it's like the full maturation of all the years before. But with less shame. The, the, the final boss version. The final boss. <laughs> <laughs> Only that were true. Like every decade we meet another final boss. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for this 80s movie though. I am too. One of my favorites. Mine too. Despite it having been probably 15 years since I've seen it. Speaking of shame. Shut up. I'm aware. I'm well aware. I should have at least watched it when Bob Hoskins passed. Mm-hmm. But I failed in that simple thing. It's, it's all good. Yeah. We'll make up for it now. Yes. You're watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Fun fact, this is the only movie ever to feature both Mickey Mouse and uh, Bugs Bunny in the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's the only time that they've been able to put aside their differences and license out to the same product. And not without a bunch of compromise. Because the deal was, anytime you showed Disney characters and Warner Brothers characters, they had to have the same amount of screen time. Yep. So that's why there's a scene with Bugs and Mickey together, Donald and Daffy together, just so that it was fair. But I'm fine with it, because, yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah. I love it. This is a childhood so staple. Good. I'm really hoping I'm not destroying it for myself in this watching. I had watched it pretty sure earlier this year because I think I tend to watch it about once a year and um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that's bad but I've also never really watched with a very critical judgy eye so I No, it's just the yay nostalgia Mm -hmm. bathe me in your warm glow. But this is also uh, Hollywood in the 1940s yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we have a, at least a little bit of misogyny and whatnot. Like you do. Yeah. It happens. Doesn't make it okay, but it happens. Is it okay kind of that expected. it's cartoon characters doing the misogynistic <laughs> stuff? No, not really. No. At least Jessica comments that she's just drawn that way. Mm-hmm. It's not her fault. Some dude drew her that way. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot in here of uh, murder and spying and explosions and cartoon bullets and segregation and dip. Mm, dip. Mm-hmm. Oh no, wait, different kind of dip. Yeah, I don't think this dip is delicious. It's turpentine and benzene and something else. Yeah. It's mm. <laughs> yeah. Besides cartoon boobs and potential for toxic masculinity. I don't really recall what could be bad in here. Well, I mean, aside from the whole segregation commentary surrounding the dunes and humans. Well, you know, I never thought of that. 
That is sort of a mirror of segregation. Yeah. The tunes over there. In Toontown. They're part of town. <laughs> and we are going to mow it over to put in a highway. Yep. It's great. Shit. <laughs> Never thought of that before. Sorry. Damn. <laughs> I don't mean to be ruining your childhood. No, already. no, that's okay. <laughs> that's, that's why we do these things. Sometimes it helps... To watch a movie we, we love and have seen many times before, and you still learn something from it. Yeah. Even if it is just how oblivious you can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an important lesson, because then you're less oblivious, yeah. which is a good thing. At least this isn't one of those movies that's like really toxic and really bad, but I've defended it my whole life. Yeah. Maybe some squicky bits, but it's not that bad. Yeah. I at least hope for a fun romp through the world of tunes and how they reflect the worst parts of humans. I do still hold firm. Or maybe they're firm. just better than humans. I do still hold firm on my defense of Blazing Saddles, though. That movie's amazing. Yeah, that one's okay. It's super squicky, but in that, the right way. Exactly. It pushes that envelope to open that dialogue. Yep. And not in a bad way. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. That's not what we're watching. Let's Mm-mm. go watch. Yeah, I'm excited Ukraine. to get started here. Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. We'll be back for intermission impressions and some ink and paint. Ooh. Mm. I love this movie. Yeah. But I have questions. Of course. And there's just things. There's some things. Well, you mean like Br'er Bear and... The octopus bartender from that bastion of historical relevance, uh, mm-hmm. the littlest pygmy. Yeah. <laughs> at first, I thought they were being pleasantly selective in their choice of cartoon characters because you know there's Fantasia. Yeah. Half the cast of Fantasia is on loan from Disney. Yep. And for the most part, it looked like the not offensive half. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But then we had Br'er Rabbit, and we finally figured out the octopus bartender. I never knew where that was from, but we looked it up and wished we hadn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is 40s Hollywood. Yeah, it's, it's true. I'm having issues with the timeline of things, though. Okay. Um, we start out, it was a Thursday. Okay. tomorrow was Friday when Dolores' boss checked the books and the money had to be back in the till. Yep. The money came from doing the snoop job of taking the patty cake pictures. Yep. Which he did and apparently developed those photos real quick in the same night and showed them to the It doesn't take that long when you do them at home. It totally makes sense, yeah. Then those pictures got everywhere. They were in the newspaper the yep. next day, which I'm sure that was just maroon. Oh, as yeah. part of his big plan to leak those photos. Yep. But then we get to Roger shows up at Valiant's office, and by midnight tonight, the will's got to show up. Is that all Friday? I don't know. Like, they haven't said anything more specific since then. No. It just seems like a really, really long day. <laughs> I feel like it's been a couple of days. Probably. I've never questioned it before, but it just seems like, well, this could be one really, really long, eventful day, but it can't be. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That, that was just a thing I'm still trying to work out in my brain. I have other issues, though. Yeah. Like Baby Herman. I love Baby Herman. But his everything? 
so great. But it's a problem. Why? I understand he has a 50-year-old lust. He has a three-year-old winky. winky. <laughs> Which, if he's a three-year-old, he shouldn't be a, a baby still being pushed around in a stroller. But Maybe he's big for his age. Well, clearly. <laughs> but just his overall treatment of women. In the very beginning, he calls... Walks literally yeah. under a woman's skirt and calls her toots. Yeah. And then the woman he's pushing the stroller around smacks her ass and all of that. It's just, it's, it's a problem. I get the caricature of it because he's a baby doing that. <laughs> but still. That's, yeah. I, yeah. Still funny, but yeah. No, it's a little problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be problematic no matter who's doing it. True. I feel it's a little less problematic being a baby. Yeah, do do the farce of it. Because it's pure comedy. Yeah. Yeah, like... It toes that line. It's still not right. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's a little more okay because it's a baby. Yeah. I guess. (laughs) Because how can you say no to those cheeks? Once he starts talking, (laughs) you can start saying no to him. Then there's the issue of all the Disney cartoons working for Peanuts. Yeah. So I thought that was a great social commentary because it's probably true. That's what <laughs> Not they real their Peanuts, animators. But, you know, just to have that joke. It's like, well, yeah, it's Disney. Of course they have shit pay at Disney. Well, I think it was more because it was Dumbo specifically and elephants eat Peanuts. Well, yeah, that made the joke work. But, yeah, you know, working for Peanuts is a nice little expression, <laughs> meaning your pay is shit. Well, yeah. And I believed it because he works for Disney, but then, oh, they're actual peanuts, <laughs> I see. Uh-huh, that's the joke. Well, yeah. And then we have um, the proportions of Jessica Rabbit. I understand she's a cartoon. Yeah. But still, that waste. It's actually, like, if you just kind of let it be what it is, sure, great, fantastic. Mm-hmm. You actually pay attention to it, it's grotesque. Yes. It makes, makes Barbie like, look normal. Yeah. Yeah. Though I do think she's a big part of why I have a thing for redheads. But, I mean, growing up watching this movie, yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yep. You take a step (laughs) back and and just think about it. No way could she stand up with those legs. Those feet? that waist and those feet, too. She's got the weird little bend to her feet and Mm -hmm. the, like, no. Grotesque is an understatement. Yeah. It's ghoulish. But she is a cartoon, so I'm sure she was sort of <laughs> drawn that way. Oh, she was definitely drawn that way. Yeah. Um, just a little exaggerated. Yeah. But still all the human men want her. Ridiculously exaggerated in all the ways. And that raised another question for me. Yeah. Consent between tunes and human beings. <laughs> How does that Why work? Why wouldn't it? I've never thought of it before, so I thought I'd ask the question of consent between tunes and humans. Depends on whether you consider tunes as having agency. Which is a debatable thing in here. Is it? It's very debatable. Really? You're getting into that? You're trying to treat tunes as second-class citizens? Is that that where you're going? Oh, no, that's not where I'm going with this. Oh. It sounded like it. Well, I mean, it's sort of... They are treated like second-class citizens in this movie. Does that mean they don't have agency? Do second-class citizens they have not agency. have agency? Like, it just doesn't seem like there's much in the line of consent. 
And I understand it's the 40s. Consent probably wasn't even in the dictionary yet. (laughs) (laughs) But just uh, the treatment of tunes throughout this movie is very interesting. Yeah. They, you know, work. Yep. For whatever sort of pay rate. Peanuts. Yeah. And they do have their own place to live, despite it being segregated. Owned by Acme. Mm-hmm. Brings to mind the whole company town sort of thing. Yeah. But he is sort of treated as though he was a great landlord, I guess. Uh, the tunes at least seemed to like him as yeah. their owner. Yeah. Ooh, that's... That gets really squicky really quick. Yeah, I it didn't does. quite put that together like that. Does that make him the mythical, benevolent slave master? No, he's paying him. He's not. Well, in some form that they've got to be getting paid. Maybe not necessarily peanuts. That's how Disney does it. But yeah, you know. But there's never been a, a vibe of if he owns them and they love him. That's very weird. No, there's talk of who owns Toontown now that. Acme's dead. Yeah. And he did have to include it in his will, meaning, yeah, he owns Toontown. That's very, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. Damn. Well, there's just a lot of uh, aspects to tunes that are sort of touched upon, but they're not consistent or expanded on. Yeah. Like, tunes feeling pain. Yeah, well, refrigerator. Feel pain, but it's not... Oh, God. It's not pain like we feel... Oh, shit. Uh, this is really getting dark. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, a refrigerator gets dropped on his head a ton of times, and, you know, he sees birds or bells or whatever. But then when... Not he, stars. He couldn't make stars. Not yet, no. That was... <laughs> gotta work up to that. But then when Valiant's trying to kick him out of the office, and he's pulling him and stretching him... Yeah. Keeps Roger keeps going, ow! I, this hurts pain now. It's like... Words that consistency. And then he sticks a rasp through his ears and he makes it sound like that's therapeutic. Well, that's tunes. I just wanted consistency. Is it pain Don't out watch or pain then? Uh, okay, fine. Fair point. <laughs> Fair point. It's the inconsistency that makes them entertaining. Then what about alcohol? What about it? The effects of alcohol on the tunes. I feel like this should be studied further. I have no objection to watching teens get drunk. That was entertaining. Oh, no, it was quite entertaining. But you would think someone like R.K. Maroon, who works with tunes, would know that if you gave a tune whiskey, it's not going to end well. Well, I think it was more the combination of giving him whiskey while he was upset. Which, that's another discussion, the, the emotions of tunes. That level of pain. Why wouldn't they have emotions? Of course they have emotions and experience emotional pain, as we are seeing with Roger. But and again, Jessica. Yeah, but all the humans don't really seem to acknowledge that. I mean, Eddie kind of does. He at least gets it enough to treat him as if he were human, clear his name and whatnot. Yeah, he is a little more, like, despite his anti-tune bias... He's still a bit more conscientious mm. about tunes mm-hmm. than a lot of the other people in the movie. And his bias is due to trauma. Yeah. The fact that his brother was killed by a tune. Yeah. Dropped a piano on his head. Which doesn't make it okay. Oh, no. 
so that just explains where that still, bias yeah. comes from. Yeah. What else did I have here? Oh yeah, there's just the general smarminess of RK Maroon. Well, that's just manipulation of like everybody. <laughs> it's part uh, for the chorus when yeah, it's you know, a studio head of executive. A big company, yeah, exactly. Any large company, not just the studio, but but it's almost cartoonish. Yeah. There's less humanity in him than there is in some of the tunes. Yep. And then, okay, I have I have questions about Judge Doom. Okay. I mean, I know how the movie ends, so I sort of can explain it myself, I think. But his <laughs> just general lawlessness and um, iron grip on the law when it comes to tunes. And what did the shoe do to get dipped? Doesn't matter. Judges are above the law. Uh, seeing as how he especially thought he could, in the forties. Seeing as how Doom thought he could try and execute him when he's only a judge, all he can really do is convict him. Is that all he can really do, though? Well, he could sentence him to execution, I guess. But yeah, he sure went through that whole legal process real quick by simply putting on a glove and picking up a shoe and dipping it. Yeah, justice has been served. Knowing who Doom is and that you know, how this movie ends, yeah, it tracks for him. But that still just bugged me from a justice point of view. <laughs> Which Roger admitted at one point there is no justice for tunes anymore. Yeah, because we've got this asshole judge who bought his way into office. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and of course he's got uh, lackeys who also break the law. Weasel's totally parked in front of a hydrant, <sighs> and. Did a hit and run because I'm quite certain they didn't exchange insurance information with that other vehicle. It's true, they hit that parked car, yeah. <laughs> but they have a special gift for the work. And I'm pretty sure it's not legal to open someone's door with a machine gun. Yeah. I was wondering how that door got locked, anyways. He was just trying to force Roger out the door. Yeah. And then suddenly the door is locked. That was convenient. Well, do we know it was locked? Did they actually try it before shooting it open? Yeah, that's a good point. They just <laughs> were knocking and knocking, going, let us in, let us in. Fine, we'll blow the door off. Yeah. I don't, think they, I don't think they tried it. Uh, and being weasels, I'm sure they didn't. <laughs> now who's stereotyping? Just weasels. Oh, wait, it's been you the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely some stereotyping in here. Yeah. When it comes to some of the tunes. Like all the penguins being servers at the ink and paint club because they're dressed for it well you don't gotta buy them uniforms and then betty boop black and white so she's out of work yeah she's reduced to selling cigarettes which is almost a social commentary of that's sad how we throw away things past their prime Mm -hmm. but who said betty boop was past her prime she did all the cartoons are color now don't leave anything for a girl like me. But how black and white was Betty Boof? Exclusively? Yeah, she could easily transfer to color and be exactly the same. No. Oh, fine. I don't think Betty Boof would ever be past her prime. But that's me. You're not 1940s Hollywood. True. <laughs> they were a lot harsher on the older women back then. If you're not drawn like Jessica Rabbit, <laughs> you're done. I don't know, I think Betty Boop was drawn pretty darn well as well. Mm-hmm. But and those are about the only two female cartoon characters that we have in here. Yeah. At least that have a and then there's speaking role. Dolores, 
and that rounds out our entire cadre of females. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. There's the one Jessica Rabbit prototype or prototype? doppelganger, the, the one in Toontown who chases Eddie. We haven't gotten to Toontown yet. No, we haven't. Oh, man. Right. Right. There's her. Whatever she's That brings us up to, to four be. women. Yeah. About it. Yeah. yeah. But this is Hollywood. Oh, no, we do, we do have the hippo and the tutu. Oh, that's true. She has a speaking role. This is Hollywood in the 40s. All the smarminess is being done by men. Because it usually is done by men. That's just kind of the way it is. I mean, there's not much female smarminess unless they're trying to emulate the men. Yeah. It's a little early for 9 to 5, so we can't uh, (laughs) throw it back in the men's faces yet. Yeah. You're watching with a judgy eye. There's, like, glimpses of... There, there, there's a lot more than I thought there was going to yeah. be. There's some depth here that I don't know if it was intentional or not. Sort of. There's kind of social commentary things. A bit, yeah. Not to mention the whole red car. Oh, yeah. I mean, the destruction of L.A.'s public transit system mm-hmm. is probably a historical crime. Yeah, that's sure. probably the greatest injustice in this movie. Mainly because it happened for real. Yeah. Anyway. I'm still yeah. enjoying it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. This is and this is one of Bob Hoskins' finest performances. Yes. Just, oh my I god, I agree. So good, and it's just really well done. It, like everything from Roger leaving fingerprints on the dusty chair. Mm-hmm. To, like it's the attention to detail is top notch. Yeah. Cool world, it ain't. Um, <laughs> I did not like Cool World no. for a lot of reasons. Anyway. Yeah, definitely not <laughs> This is so much better. Way better, yes. At least a technical achievement. Yes. And I mean, the story is good. There's just some yeah. levels here of, wow. Well. The more you think about it, shit. Yeah. Combine 40s Hollywood with 80s sensibilities and yeah, it's going to get there. Mm-hmm. But in this frame of mind, as we finish it, um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll be back for our curtain call. And more Moida? I certainly hope so. Are we done with Moida? There's at least one more Moida. Justified. Lots of dip. Lots of dip. It's acetone, too. Yeah. Turpentine, acetone, and and benzene. benzene. Remember that, kids. (laughs) In case you ever need to take care of a tune before it takes care of you. Hmm. <sighs> Gotta love that movie. It's still just fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful. Even with its sort of things. And two incredible performances from Bob Hoskins and Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, arguably their best, and that's saying something for both of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. But there are issues. <laughs> like, like, like the uh, Native American bullet. Exactly. <laughs> there was only one. That wasn't a cowboy. And of course, he had to have a tomahawk and have no speaking lines, but just do the war whoop, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But in his defense, he was the only bullet that actually hit something. That's All the cowboy true. ones were fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
I have a couple questions here, though. <laughs> I'm going to start with the easy one because I'm pretty sure it's. I know the answer. Okay. Judge Doom does own Cloverleaf, yes? Yes. Okay. It's sort of established, but not really. Well, he's the sole shareholder. That's right. He does say he that. Does the sole stockholder. Yeah. Which basically means he owns it. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. Giving him all of his uh, power and control. Yep. Robbed the bank as a tune, bought the election, bought all the shares, and then proceeded to buy everything else. Yep. Or his master plan. Which derived I from Nazis. Don't understand if you had a zillion Samoans, like that's enough for anything. Why would you need to run a real estate scam for probably not as much as a zillion Samoans? Well, it was sort of a double win win for him. He could still keep making money. Maybe not as much as he had stolen, but But a zillion his... Samoans, yeah. like that's I don't know. It's like his true it's like vision. Elon Musk buying Twitter. Well, yes. <laughs> but Dumb's true vision was to have all of those retail stuff and the billboards right off the freeway. That was, I guess, that would make money. That was that he wanted that more than the zillion simoleons. But ultimately, he was a <laughs> self-destructive tune. Had just wanted Toontown gone and found this way of making that happen. <laughs> Well, like most evil villains, <laughs> yeah, like most villains, the money is not the end goal. It is what you want to do with that money. Which, if money were no object and money didn't exist, you would have done it anyway. But in a capitalist society, you need the money first before you can do your evil plans. You know? The most masochistic tune I've ever... never thought of that before, but that might mean that capitalism is protecting us from some really awful shit uh possibly or it's just making <laughs> it easier to do that easier or more difficult because he had to because the zillion simoleon well no let's see because the zillion, zillion simoleons wasn't enough on its own so i guess capitalism really wasn't getting in the way it's a lot easier to just throw money at a thing and get it instead of having to get it through other means you, you know well, you just rob a just bank throwing you money, money at it wasn't enough money. he had to because money wasn't going to get the deed to toontown he had to scheme and murder acme and he still had to murder well because acme was wanted to give toontown to the tunes so after he was fucking dead that that kind of bugs me yeah so oh You'll have it once I'm gone. After yeah, I'm yeah. done with you, <laughs> then then yeah, you're free. Yeah. Like when he's explaining to Jessica Rabbit the whole <laughs> thing about Judge Doom, he could have just automatically signed it over to the tunes then without being in the will. Yeah. Problem solved. But no, no, I've got to keep exploiting you until it, I literally cannot anymore oh, because God. I'm not here anymore. That's, um, yeah. That's an issue I have with Marvin Acme. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess with capitalism. I mean, it's... But then we wouldn't have this story because that would have been an easy way to yeah. solve the, the mess. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like, honestly, uh, a lot of the issues I end up saying i have with capitalism aren't with capitalism they're with 
the exploitation of capitalism to force things that you couldn't just buy anyway. But that is capitalism. It is. Capitalism but it, is yeah. exploitation. I'm not saying we're like, going to be the... rid of exploitation without capitalism, but yeah, that's what capitalism is. It's a mechanism to enable exploitation. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's true. In a world where you don't have to... The freedom and whatnot. You'd have to find people that are actually willing to go along with your evil schemes rather than just being able to pay them. Mm-hmm. So then he almost does make that easier because you can just pay someone yeah whatever they need to survive and they will do unspeakable things yeah like work in a call center mm-hmm or lock up a cab in the back of their vehicle yeah poor Benny <sighs> yeah he's a shit driver by the way <laughs> that's saying all the other drivers he encountered on the road were great but man was he an aggressive asshole as an aggressive asshole driver I didn't think it was that bad yeah, but you've never made people swerve out the way and Not stuff. that you've seen. Well, no. I guess not. But it's always their fault. Mm-hmm. Of I course say. it is. <laughs> Couple of roadhogs. Yeah, that's usually the problem. People driving in the left lane when they shouldn't be. That's true. Or people turning into the wrong lane is usually when people end up having to swerve to avoid me. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, because if you're turning left, turn into the left lane, not the right one. Officially, yes. Officially, if you want to pass your driver's test, that's how you do it. Yep. Yeah. If you want to not hit the person turning right into the right lane like they're legally allowed to do, that's what you do. Well, at least I had a couple <laughs> different forms of driving: cab driving itself, yeah, Eddie driving, Roger <laughs> driving. <laughs> poor, that poor car. And Benny driving a car, not himself. Mm-hmm. But well, his tires were ruined because of the dip. Yeah, which I learned. I had to look it up, <laughs> and I thought it was made perfect sense. I never thought of it before. Yeah, yeah. But dip those three ingredients of um, um, benzene, acetone, and turpentine. And turpentine. There's three main components of paint thinner. <laughs> Which is why it works as dip to kill it too. It's perfect. Yep. It just makes the most sense ever. And I don't know why I never thought of it before. Yeah, I do have one other question. Okay. Does Dolores need a good man? No. And he totally told totally, oh, really you. really doesn't. You find yourself a good man. You already have a good man. But you don't really need him. Nope. You're, You're doing fine own. running the bar by yourself. But true, she didn't. She could totally do better than the bar. Well, she yeah. says that herself. Yeah. But she doesn't need a good man in order to do that for herself. Nope. Although I approve of her and Eddie oh, getting together. Sure. It's this plot point that's totally not a plot point until that moment in the theater. Yep. <laughs> and all of a sudden they're like, oh, they're, they're want to kiss. He love you. Okay, that's it was fine. cute. Yeah. And it didn't become a huge part of the story because why? Yeah. You don't need that. The love of Roger and Jessica is much more important <laughs> to the story. Yep. Still love this movie. Yeah. yeah. And at the end of the day, it's just fantastic and it's great. And Christopher Lloyd is does his best evil villain ever. Mm-hmm. Just so good. <sighs> yes. Yeah, it's still good. And I will still watch it probably at least once a year, if not yeah. more. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening to it listening to us 
talk about this and go watch you're this movie. Listening to this at a reasonable time. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. And if you're listening to us later, be a patron. Consider supporting us on Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash cracker classics. Um, yeah, we'll have another one of these next month. Mm-hmm. And then every Friday, regular Cracker Classics, where you get your podcasts. Yada, yada. Yay! Thank you! <laughs>